Welcome to Learnings from the Middle, a podcast where product owner and a software engineer, longtime friends, occasional coworkers, and occasional Halo opponents delve into their experiences and careers in the tech industry. All opinions are our own and not our employers or anyone else's. I am, and I am Brian, the software engineer half of the podcast. I've been a software engineer for a little over a decade. John, do you want to introduce yourself? And my name is John Christensen. I am the product side, the product manager, product owner, whatever you want to throw in there, product something or other, depending on the role in the company. Um, but I've been in and around this kind of role for about that same 10-year mark, 10 to uh, probably closer to 15 years now, probably right at that 12 and a half mark somewhere soon. So 15. Uh, kind of crazy. I know. like what? Not, not 15, but like if we're rounding. Like if you're rounding, you know you got 10 to 15. And I, you I, I think it might be closer to the 12 and a half. Uh, when, would you, when did you start? Like, I when would you claim that? When it would have been, are you yeah, counting right after been, high school? No, because I went oh, to okay. other jobs for a couple for maybe a year and a half to a year. Okay, but I would say it was by 2011 at the latest. Okay. So, 12, yeah. So, I mean, if you round up to a five, yeah, um, if you round up by fives, it's, it's closer yeah. to 15 than 10. What That's kind of crazy. <laughs> what was I doing in summer of 2011? You're in school. <laughs> no, it's summer. I was an internship. That was your junior was an senior. internship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. If you count right. my internships. Yeah. Yep. So if I count internships. my internships, I'm I'm about the same. You know, three if months I don't out get of to 12. count those. <laughs> yeah. You say you say years of experience is really summers of experience. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, what are we talking about tonight? Uh, so the topic tonight is how much talking do projects require? And I don't know, do we want to caveat this at all or just start arguing about how often you need engineers <laughs> to do I love how you automatically think that we're going to be on different <laughs> sides think, of this. I think we are. I actually, I have a, a surprise for you that I'm curious if you know about. Um, <laughs> okay. Like in uh, general in the industry. Do, do you have any caveats? But caveats, yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, in general, if you spent any time in software, I don't care, Scrum or Agile, um waterfall like any any methodology any any framework uh you know there's a lot of meetings or or there can be a lot of meetings and you know there can get meeting fatigue and there's always debate of do we need to have this meeting should this be a meeting can we do this ad uh ad hoc like well how how many meetings is too many meetings so i think like this isn't this isn't a new topic or a strange topic for anybody that has been in the industry for any amount of time even if it's just like you're, you're starting off in your career. So no, I don't think there are any caveats. It's pretty straightforward. Okay. What do you think? How, it's all... how many meetings are two meetings? Two okay, meetings. Well, so, so here's my first question. Do you know that engineers hold meetings without product people on purpose, sometimes to prep for the meeting with the product people? Yeah, you know? I would okay, hope so. Right. I would hope so. I would hope that they, okay. they, they put, like, that they're not thinking about it for the first time or designing it on the spot or, or yeah. like, framing things up like no that doesn't surprise me too much and i, I know explicitly okay. when it happens from time to time yeah i actually appreciate it more when that's happening versus when they wait for the product manager or the scrum team lead or whatever it is to kind of like force the conversation like sure as product there's sometimes i want to be like dude you guys know the requirements you know what we're trying to achieve you know what we're trying to go to why do I need to sit on the three hours worth of design sessions that you need to have to make sure that you're meeting those requirements? I understand when there's yep. like clarifications, but I, I am totally fine with engineers having meetings without me at times. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's uh it's maybe it feels more exclusive because we're friends and I'm having a <laughs> meeting without my friend, but a little bit less if you just think about product people. So, uh, so before I say how many meetings are too many, what's the most meetings about one team or project you think you've ever seen? 
the highest number of hours on the calendar per week that you think you've observed? Not including ad hoc. I would say it always comes with a bigger project that is in the testing to launch period. Ah, And that I would say like at that phase of the project, uh, and it's not abnormal to have at least a daily check-in to see where's testing, what are the high bugs, everybody know where they're at, nothing's blocked, everybody have what they need. And then maybe on top of that, you still have one to two of your regular weekly check-ins mm-hmm. for that same project. So like one weekly check-in, I think is like where you usually want to be or where you kind of start a project at. Um, but then when you get to those mission critical periods of the project, uh, the daily check-ins, I think. So to try to be more succinct, um, daily half hour check-ins followed by twice a week working sessions maybe mm. and then one additional just weekly project call i think is the most i've seen like pre-scheduled mm-hmm. um for a singular project and of course nobody's ever working just one project at a time but for one project yeah. daily meetings two scheduled working sessions and one standard weekly sync okay that's probably close to the most that i've seen and definitely that matches with the product overlap but I've also been on projects that were in a really bad spot where it night, turned into day, like, day <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yep. And, and then often just work blocks or some kind of war, you know, war room or conference room or yeah, whatever that you so just scheduled sat in. Sessions yep. Or, yep. Yeah. So yep. on the calendar, I think the most I've ever seen for one project would cross into the like 30 hours per week of scheduled concentrated time with multiple engineers in a room and like meeting to find meeting there's some quiet time i think i I know word is like i can't want to say that but yeah um but like the idea of like just throw the engineers in a room lock the doors no one's allowed to bug them like five hour blocks of time i don't consider that project meeting time i mean like sure we are getting on the call on a phone call to talk about the project not to actively necessarily work the project unless troubleshooting yep yeah okay so then what's the fewest like what's the minimum time on a calendar you've ever seen dedicated to a project um bi-weekly just a bi-weekly okay. check-in like every like other if, half if hour yeah yeah every other week um for a half hour to an hour like if we're in build phase or something's really well known it's either a couple of scenarios it's, it's at a slower pace to where hey we're defining this or we're working on this but it's something we're touching like just at a really slow pace, a few tickets to sprint or something like that. Yeah, sure. Maybe every couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, or one of those ones to where it was ran more in a waterfall system where we spent so much time defining this up front. And now we're just purely and go make the thing happen phase. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in just a, a every other week phase for um, for a for a period of time. So yep. I would say every other week for a for an ongoing active project, every other week is probably the most time I have between meetings. Yeah. Um, OK, so that's. I think that's actually less than what I've seen. And maybe I'm counting time with engineers doing updates that don't mm-hmm. go to product, but I think the minimum I've seen for a project that you consider active would be at least once a week for 30 minutes. So like yeah. 30 minutes. I would say that's the norm. Yeah. You're asking me for least. I'm I'm being literal. Least Why ever. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say norm. Norm. If we're in a standard operating project and it's just it's it's humming along. Yep. All the normal projecty stuff. Nothing's really flying off the wall. Defects didn't get crazy out of hand. It's not a crazy complex project with 20 different teams. If it's just like, hey, we're doing this thing. It involves two or three teams. Are we all mm-hmm. aligned? Everything's still going okay. I would say that that once a week for a half hour to an hour is the norm. Like that's yeah. that's the normal minimum that I would see for a strategic project. Yeah. You know, that's not just like a weekly scrum thing. So. Yeah. 
And I, I don't know that I can ever remember in every other week, like a, a project that only had 30 minutes on it per week. But maybe, and maybe that's a difference. Like maybe I was in some meetings that product people weren't invited to or didn't need to be on. And so there was at least one meeting per week with either the engineering team or product and somebody else or whatever. So but maybe that's I, the I don't caveat. know if I've ever gotten down. Yeah. Because that's, because that is the, I think it's, it's phases. Like, yeah, if we're truly actively in, like, we are going and making this thing happen, I think weekly is the norm. If yeah. we're like kickoff phase where we're just kind of information gathering, we're not really, maybe we're spiking things out. We're not actually dropping build tickets into the sprints yet. We're just talking about it and getting ready mm-hmm. for it. That's probably where I see the every other week thing happen more often. Or again, like I said, in that, in that very well-defined project plan, but Yep. I, I would say the norm is that weekly cadence. Yeah. Far. So, okay, so we've got the extremes. What do you like? <laughs> What's your preference? I like half hour weekly meetings. Okay. Um, at minimum, probably. And if everything's going well, I'm okay with minimum. Hmm. Um, I think if you go too long in between, it's just too easy for assumptions to creep in. And that's that's the thing you just want to do like even if it's monotonous even if we're all getting on the line and we all think we know what every other person on that call is going to do so you got your agenda hey engineering team one how's this going hey engineering team two how's this going hey marketing where are you at hey um customer service are you guys ready for this new feature? like even if you have your agenda and you're going through all the teams and you are 99 percent sure about what everybody on that team is going to say about exactly where they're at either through slack or other project updates i still want to get on that call and hear people talk through it because there's still things that come to light with localized that you mm-hmm. don't get um, when you're just getting written updates. And I think it also, it depends on the person, but for me, at least I'm a verbal person. I am much more likely to hash something out live on a call than I am to sit there and type it out and go back mm-hmm. and forth in, in IM or team. So I can just say, hey, by the way, what about this? That, oh, by the way, what about this? And I'm not saying scope creep. I'm just saying anything like, hey, I had this thought. Did we cover this? Are we, are we on mm-hmm. the same page? Like, I'm so much more likely to vocalize that on a call than I am to put that in an IM. So for me, I, I still think that weekly cadence is is almost necessary. Yeah. And I'll, my soapbox. I will argue for, well, we can, we can hit on Slack updates or like Slack ups or whatever you want to call them yep. instead of a standup. Uh, but I will argue for a three-ish times per week stand-up that's really? shorter pretty much every time. And even on like pretty large projects, I guess on pretty large projects that can get tough. So if you've got four engineering teams and marketing and all mm-hmm. that, that, that can get a little bit harder. But in general, if I'm working on a project, I dramatically prefer like a 15 minute every four days kind of thing. And then doing Ooh. follow-ups from that ad hoc. We might need to define terms here. A okay. Bit. <laughs> Go for let's, it. Let's zoom out for a second. My scrum it. teams, my scrum teams stand up every day unless there's a conflict, mm-hmm. except for Friday. So we do yeah. Monday through Thursday, and then Friday is a slack up. If everybody's saying, "Hey, I got a conflict, can't make it today," and two or three people raise their hand saying, "I got a conflict today," maybe one of those randomly turns into a slack up instead of a stand up. But mm-hmm. my scrum teams stand up every day, and in those times, it provides within the team, within the specific unit of work that my team is responsible for for our scrum board it provides space for those random questions or yep. those updates or those daily, here's what I'm doing and here's what's going on. But as a project team, so if we're crossing scrum teams, that's where I'm saying weekly. So I guess when you say three times a week in a stand-up fashion, are you referring to the project level stand-up, like a project level thing three times a week? Or are you just talking about your scrum team three times a week? Team. Or your, a yeah, scrum your team. team. A scrum team or like yeah. smaller team, yeah. 
yeah. So, so we did need to define terms, and we should have caveated up front. Um, well, this is good. Natural conversation. <laughs> because if you say a weekly check-in with a very large group, depending on the project, that starts to feel weekly is weekly is probably about right. Anything more than weekly starts to feel like you're pulling too many things into a synchronous conversation, like an on-the-phone conversation, and you're not doing enough through documentation and tickets and you know CL reviews or like change reviews and stuff like that. So, so, so Scrum team three to four times per week, um, project team once per week, probably at maximum, unless there's something really big going on. You want to do something ad hoc, but having a a scheduled two times per week sync sounds like a lot to me, even for like a very yep. large project team. And I would agree with that again, until you get to those mission critical points. Yeah. Like if we're in like a dedicated integrated testing phase and I have 10 different teams, the last thing I want them to do is, Hey, I got a bug. Mm-hmm. And nobody talks about that bug for three days. Hey, did you see my IM? I got a bug. Where is it at? Oh, I created a Jira ticket. No one's picked up the Jira ticket. Like at some point, no one likes it, but you need the day-to-day to say, okay, any new bugs? Who's got them? Are you doing that? Oh, you didn't get to that yesterday? Well, guess what? I really need you to get to that today. Like mm-hmm. you need that vocal interaction in those extremely high tactical points, but neither do you want that to be hour long, two hour long or something like that to where now you're taking away time from actually doing the tactical thing. Um, but you do need a place, I think, to check in more regularly on highly complicated or highly when you have seen several teams involved and several dependencies yeah. involved i think that's where those daily calls or those daily things come in or multiple times a week yeah um, but for a standard operating procedure weekly hands down no more than weekly yeah so you t- you touched on slack ups or like slack yep. updates instead of stand-ups what do you do you like those have you ever so here's the question i want to ask have you ever seen information in a slack update and gone that's actionable <laughs> i needed to know that or is it always just kind of like noise and emoticons that you don't really look at um no and maybe this is the difference between an engineer individual engineer and product manager but as a product manager i definitely want to know where my engineers are at and what they're working on in that day and it's an engineer is never gonna like to hear this but if a if a something that we thought was gonna be one day all of a sudden says for three days I'm going to ask. Mm. And you may have a good reason for it. I'm not going to drag you over the coals for it, but I'm going to be like, why isn't this moving? And being able mm-hmm. to see that in a Slack up, you were saying, hey, yep, still working on this ticket. Okay, why is it the third day of still working on this ticket? What What's changed? What do you need? What, what's not what we expected? Are you blocked? What are we doing to unblock this? Like, yep. I, I'd say it, it may not be extremely useful information, but it's accountability. At the very sure. least, it's accountability. So um, I think you can go to perfect world. If everybody is an A plus star, everybody is always diligent. Everybody always raises their hand when they need help and doesn't sit on something long and they're supposed to. Everybody has that internal clock that goes, I'm beating my head against the wall. I need somebody else to kind of take a look at this instead of trying to figure it out themselves for five days straight when somebody else can help them in a half hour. Like if in a perfect world, those things just came naturally. Maybe, maybe it wouldn't be so important, but I do think the accountability and the oversight mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. So that's that is the difference then, because I I have done some variation of slack ups for years, at least you know every other week or whatever, or or on the days that you're not going to do an in person stand up, and I cannot remember. I can remember tons of examples in a a stand up on a call going, that's valuable information. I can help, or that's valuable information. I'm going to go there for help, but I do not ever remember seeing a slack up that told me something I didn't already know. 
And yeah. I think it's just the like the higher context where I already know the class of the code base that you're in, or I know like roughly the change that you're going to be making. So seeing the name of the bug in Slack doesn't really tell me much, but hearing you talk about it lets me know your emotion around that change that you're working on. Yeah, there's probably never a specific sentence in a Slack up that goes, oh, that was great. But I think there is the, the reading between the lines and the context that is still valuable to get of like, oh, you did your Slack up right away. You didn't wait till one in the high afternoon. I'm like, what's going yeah, on? Like, yeah. I hate to say it, but there's there's an accountability factor to it. Yeah. Like, There is something like, I have an example right now. I have a person that I don't know where they're at for the first three hours of the day every day. And we know it's a problem. And I don't see a Slack up until... 11 o'clock in the afternoon, like or in the, or late in the morning. It's just like, wait a minute, don't we do these in the morning? Like, yeah. And maybe it's no big deal. Maybe he just didn't slip it. Like somebody else is like, oh, you're micromanaging. But mm-hmm. there's still information that that portrays. And even for a good employee, just be able to say, yep, this is where I'm at. That's where I'm going. No issues. Move on. Like, I think it goes both ways. But more from a team management perspective or a team mm-hmm. leadership perspective, I think the Slack up provides value. To an individual engineer going, hey, what's my other engineer working on? Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so how do you, I'm going to skip to the second one here. How do okay. you know when to start a recurring call? Like what, what triggers or indicators do you look for when you think to yourself, we need a synchronous conversation on a regular cadence, or this is going to fall apart? Multiple teams. Um, so interdependencies between teams over a prolonged period of time. Mm. And I, I'm intentionally vague on that because if it's like, got thunder going on outside, sorry, maybe jump. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> Out of my side of if, town. Yeah, if it's, um, if it's only something that's going to take like a sprint or two, you have a kickoff call where you get everyone saying, hey, we're online. Yep, okay, go meet back maybe halfway through. Okay, yep good test it yep done and in two sprints you're done you know mm-hmm. so you don't need a recurring call for that but if it's like a, a month and a half two month long project or longer um and it involves multiple teams i want a recurring meeting mm-hmm. interesting yeah so i like the the number of teams thing is definitely a factor yeah but what i pay more attention to is the number of times that a ticket gets reassigned between the groups or even just reassigned between people or mm-hmm. the number of uh, changes that have, like, I keep wanting to say change list, but you know, pull request, whatever it is, the number of times those have to get completely rewritten from the ground up, where you look at the first revision and it's 100% different from the last revision. And those are just indicators to me that there's some form of miscommunication. And, you know, like I'm, I'm assigning a ticket to somebody, they assign it back, I add a comment, I assign it to them again. Like there, there's clearly some missing information that somebody needs. And then yep. the same thing with the change list that gets rewritten, where you look at it. And you see a handful of those and you think these people need to talk to each other more <laughs> and, yep. and they're not communicating and they don't know. And I think you see that more in bigger companies. Like, so I'm definitely speaking from my current context mm. to where my, my scrum teams are four to six engineers. Mm. Um, and we have a lot of automated testing and scripted testing. So we actually don't even, most of our tickets don't even go to a formal QA role mm. before they move out. So that back and forth, of reassignment doesn't happen and our teams are pretty siloed in their scope so it's not like oh this ticket went here oh now it went to this team now it went to this team like no this ticket is my team's ticket mm-hmm. if there's work needed for a different team that's a ticket on their board my my sure. ticket stay with my team um so i don't have quite as much of that ping pong but i still think that same sense of what are we doing and why is this not clear why is my mm-hmm. team doing one thing and your team it, it goes back to just 
multiple teams or multiple roles that just need to be able to interface with each other to be effective. So yeah. whether that's team to team, whether that's developer to QA, whether that's developer to developer, you know, needing like code reviews and you just say ping pong between code review and, and build. Yeah, I think all those, anytime you have multiple parties involved, I just go back to um, needing a call. I told you we were going to get to this pet peeve. I wanted to sneak this in when we can, but <laughs> I hate seeing things ping pong either through Slack or through Jira comments or through movement of tickets. It's just like, I'm sorry if you're debating something and your debate is 20 messages long in Slack, you should have just stinking huddled on Slack or got on a call or scheduled a meeting. Like I'm, I'm all for async. I'm all for, Hey, if we don't need a meeting. We don't need a meeting. If it's just a quick clarification, that's fine. But if you're having an all out debate <laughs> or like everybody's like, well, I don't know. What do you know? I don't know. What do you know? Uh, Logs yeah. don't show anything. What are your log show? Like anytime it gets to that point where you're just like, wait a minute, we just shot off 20 messages Either one of the things we just shot off 20 messages in the last two minutes, we should probably get on a call or I sent one message and it got no traction over two days. We should probably get on a call. Like there's two extremes yeah. there. And anytime you have something that doesn't get responded to or something that gets overly responded to, I think those are both indications. You just need to jump on a single call. Yeah. The indicator I watch is when the little typing indicator in Google chat or Slack Starts, or whatever, stops, yeah, stops, stops, <laughs> or like, or, you know, one person is typing three person or three people are typing 17 people are typing. Uh, okay. Like, <laughs> we should, okay, wait, we wait, should talk on. to each other. Yeah. Oh, I've never actually someone... thought about the, or I don't know about never, but I, I rarely think about the, I send a message and I, I don't get any traction. We need a meeting. And usually yep. I think I haven't communicated the right priority to the right person yet and i need to like give the priority to somebody who's going to influence <laughs> the person who needs to to jump on it hmm, who does that's that another... usually end up being Brian? yeah you know <laughs> the product. And then how does that get communicated <laughs> yep yeah calls <laughs> yes calls with each other yes. yeah i know it's a joke and i know engineers would rather most engineers would rather just like just let me go engineer just let me go be an engineer let me just go code but like the last thing an engineer wants to do is get told everything they did was wrong or they're mm -hmm. like, Hey, that didn't meet requirements. Go back and rewrite it. Like I would rather take the time to communicate effectively and clearly. And sometimes that takes three or four tries mm -hmm. um, to do than to waste time building and rebuilding, building, rebuilding, building, rebuilding. Because I've had both scenarios to where like in lieu of trying to protect the engineer's time, you're like, okay, we got it. Right. Yeah. I think we got it. I think everybody said, okay, everybody's clear. Okay, let's go off for five days and go build the thing. You come back and you're like, wait a minute, this is nothing like we talked about. It's exactly what we talked about. No, it's nothing like what we talked about. And you're stuck there going like, how did we walk away saying oranges and apples when we thought we were all saying apples? Mm -hmm. um, and I would rather, I would rather take the hour. I'd rather take the three hours and hash through it a couple times to make sure we're saying the same thing, um, than than be too stingy on not having those meetings. Yeah, but and I know I, that's annoying. You know. It depends. And there are there are definitely times where you're never going to get consensus async mm -hmm. or like through written communication because yep. it's just too low context of a medium and nobody understands what anybody else means. Nobody's defining their terms well in writing. But I've actually, I've seen the opposite happen too, where you get on a call and you're on the everybody call continually. Yep, everybody nods their head, everybody's good. And then nobody's asking about their gaps or like trying to fill in their own understanding. And then you leave and you like, you do that a lot, right? <laughs> Where you're on these recurring yeah. calls, people are nodding continually, and then you get to the, the the change list or the PR or whatever, and everybody blows up and is very confused at what's happening. Or worse, you build the thing and then there are a ton of bugs in it because nobody understood the contracts between the teams. So I think there does have to be a supplement of 
documenting the results of the meeting clearly so that you can say this is the API contract or this is the method yep. signature or this is the bit where we're going to interconnect or interact. I am horrible at meeting minutes, but there is a lot of value to that. I'm just like, we talked yeah. about it. Everybody's good, right? We all said yes. It's like, yeah, but what did we say yes to? I thought we said yes to this. Meeting minutes help so much with that. And I don't know. I don't know if it's like a point where it's just like, I started my career in project man and project management. Um, and all I did was took meeting minutes mm -hmm. and meeting minutes and meeting minutes. I think I just have a dark place in my soul for meeting minutes and, and having to be the one to capture them. But there really is so much value in someone putting, taking the time and putting the content to paper and sending it out and making sure everybody is on the same page. And so yeah. I, even though it's the bane of my existence and I need to do it more diligently, I can see tremendously the value um, behind it. But yeah. I think the other thing here that's just hard is like people are different. And the problem is, is you have different people on the same project. And that's, they're never gonna get away from that. Like some people do communicate better through writing and would rather just Slack it. And they would actually communicate better through email and writing and Slack. Some people, again, I'm one of them. I would rather ramble on a call and go, oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? Okay, let's talk about this. And like, and like figure it out and talk through it and like go down all those rabbit holes. I would rather verbalize those rabbit holes and go down those rabbit mm -hmm. holes. And somebody else is like, dude, we've just gone down five different rabbit holes in the last half hour. I don't remember the one three ago, let alone the one five ago like you think we covered all this but i've forgotten i've forgotten it all and i'm just like no this is perfect i got all the answers i wanted i know exactly what's going on and it's like yeah. no i need it in writing like so it's just like there is a difference in communicate and so there's almost there's almost not a way to make everybody happy like like the person like me is going to hate many minutes is going to hate having to go spend an hour writing a requirements doc or diagramming it out or making a wire mock or something like that. I'm going to say, we talked about it. Everybody's good. We visualized it. We're done. And the other person is just like, no, go do all that things. I'm going to be like, I can't just look at a document and automatically interpret everything you want me to interpret from this. I need to be able to ask questions to mm -hmm. understand it. Like there's just, I don't think you're ever going to come with that balance. I think you're always going to walk away feeling like that's not how I would have communicated it. But if you can understand that, hopefully it can make you be able to accommodate both. Yeah. Yeah. When you can find the the gaps between what's happening and, and watch for the problems and understand which tool is going to help solve them. Sometimes yeah. the tool is let's have a conversation. Let's video chat. Let's talk about it. Sometimes the tool is let's be overly explicit in our writing and make sure that we've been been very clear. And You're nobody about... wants to hear it, but sometimes it's both. Like, and I think that's what I just, as we're talking through it, it's just, you may be able to get what you need and say, just well document it. And that would be exactly what I need, but that might not be what the other person needs to get to the mm -hmm. same level of understanding. So one person might see it as a complete waste, but it's exactly what the other person on the team needed to be able to get the understanding in the direction that they, that they um, wanted, needed, or desired. So yeah. it, yeah, I just think it may be a case where you need both. And that feels extremely inefficient. But I think it, there's part of it that people are different and trying to get everybody to conform to the same way mm -hmm. of communicating may be more of a waste of time in miscommunications than if you just would have tried to communicate in both mediums. Yeah. The quote from Random college, thought, but... the quote from college oh, cool, cool. was, uh, meanings are not in words, but in people. And mm -hmm. it's not, you know, c clear communication is dependent on the person. And has nothing to do with what medium you choose or very little to do with what medium you choose for it and so yep. you can communicate with the same medium and the same information and two different people may not understand it in the same way and it's just being able to have that dialogue to understand 
what did I give you? What what did you take away? Are we actually understanding each other, or have we have we totally missed the boat here? You're talking about notes. Mm-hmm. I try so hard to volunteer to be the note taker because there is That's so much power. I that too. So I process in writing much better, or I I process pretty well in writing. But there is also a ton of power in being the person who decides what gets remembered. Because the person taking notes Devious. is the, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but the, the person taking notes is the one who decides what was important from the conversation. And there are definitely meetings where I think to myself, I need to be the one who writes the bullet list and says what mattered from this interaction. And I'm always happy to take feedback and hear somebody say that I missed something or you know add something to, the, to what gets remembered. But there is a ton of power in being the person who writes it down. Yeah. And I think I hate to say it, and and I don't want to politic too much, but I think there's a t- tremendous amount of respect for people who do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, like someone who doesn't think they're above taking notes, I think the people that I respect and that I want to emulate and that I have um, high regard for put value in those that help communicate clearly. Mm-hmm. And so I just think think of one specific example to where. Uh, it was it was a good challenge, but it was someone I I worked with, a very bright gal, a little bit more a little bit more senior than me in her position, um, and it was always, who's taking meeting minutes? Where are the meeting minutes? Do you have meeting minutes from last meeting? And those were largely directed towards me. They were my meetings, and I have my bane of existence meeting minutes. Yeah. Um, but she expected them, and uh, the reason for it is we were talking through things that. We were making decisions and they were fairly complex and it was complex logic. And if someone didn't capture it, just thinking that you were going to remember it the right way a day later, you always think you're going to remember it and you're never going to. So anyways, long story short, I just, I think there's, it's easy for me, at least it's always easy to think, oh, come on, let's be able to let the, let the project manager do that or let the junior on the team do that or, you know, somebody else do that. I don't want to do it. But that's such a horrible attitude because I do think you're right that there is power and value and help. Mm-hmm. It's a way to help. Um, and I, I do, it's something I've tried to get better at, particularly in the last about six months. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there's also a level of humility to it where there is, you know, and I, I certainly don't outrank a lot of people, but as a senior engineer and architect over the course of my career, there are a handful of people that on the org chart I'm, I'm higher up on. And mm-hmm. there's just a certain level of humility in saying, I am, I got it. I am so happy to write down stuff that's important from this conversation that you need to be able to think on your feet for and just that level of of understanding it's not it's not demeaning at all it's you know it's yep. uh it's not like a task that's below anyone to document clearly and make sure everybody understands yep so um, how do you know when you to cancel f- oh go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well i think if he's into this how do you know when to cancel i was going to ask before that though uh, have you ever heard uh no agendi no attendee no no agendi no attendee <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't i heard but, that for the first time but yes about, uh, about <laughs> Actually, it's been about nine months now uh, since I've been at Rock. It's been a uh, year, uh, okay. year and a half that I've been at this company, about nine months ago I heard it. But it was it was a fellow product manager, and she goes, no agenda, no attendee. And it was it was said <laughs> to be funny, but it's basically yep. no agenda. If your meeting doesn't have an agenda, if we don't know what we're getting together to talk about, even if it's a weekly recurring meeting, if there isn't something specific that we know we're trying to cover today, don't attend. Yep. And, and it was kind of her policy and she would pull it out. She's just like, well, I didn't know what we were talking about. And it wasn't to be rude. It wasn't like she wouldn't reach out ahead of time, but it was that point of, is there a purpose to this meeting? Mm-hmm. Is this just a recurring meeting that we're all showing up to? We're going to say hi, we're going to hang up in five minutes, or is this a weekly meeting where we're actually reviewing something we need to talk about? 
Um, yep. And same thing for ad hoc meetings. If it's just like, hey, throw three people on a meeting and set it up for a half hour. What is that meeting for? Like putting context into the invite or sending out an agenda before the invite to make sure everybody's clear on what we're trying to cover. Um, so again, that's another one where I feel like sometimes can be over ritualized. Like everything needs an agenda. I need a five point mm -hmm. bullet list of what we're going to cover. I sometimes just need to be able to get on and talk about things, but I think it makes a clear point of what is the purpose of the call that you're having. Yep. So when do you cancel when you don't have anything to talk about, you know, when, and I will say that with a caveat, cause I said it earlier, I still think there's value to just going through the ritual of a standup or in a broader team call of where's every team at. Cause I do think things come out of the word work. But there's no reason to have that be more elaborate than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. If that's a 15 minute call, it's a 15 minute call. Call it done. Yep. If nothing to discuss. Move on. Yeah, that's so. The the no agenda, no attendee. I do like. I think the one exception is when the point of the meeting is relationship building, because there are definitely those calls as well where mm -hmm. you may not, you don't even know enough about the other person's stack and their problems and their bugs to know what to ask yet. And you don't know mm -hmm. enough about how they communicate to ask it in writing. And so you just you just need to get on a call and say, there's this gap in the documentation. And I'm not trying to call you out. I just I don't quite understand yet. Can you talk me through how this works? Can you point me towards the code base? So there are definitely times where it's I think it's okay to not have an agenda and have the goal just be being on a call together for 10 or 15 yep. minutes and just building that rapport. Because I think that's hard to do in writing. And if you focus too much on the writing at times, it can get adversarial and really demanding and vindictive. And yep. I think that can create other problems. I was just thinking about this the other day because I do it sometimes and I was trying to figure out, is it helpful or is it not? Like, Is it just causing awkward relationships <laughs> or awkward introductions? Or is it really just taking the first step? And what I'm, what I'm talking to is like, there'll be times just like, I don't know what I don't know. I don't even know necessarily if I know the right question to ask, but I need to understand this. I'm just going to put this person on a call with me for a half hour. And if it takes five minutes and we're all going like, hi, my name's John. I know you're uh, Fred from finance. Uh, do you know anything about this? No. Oh, sorry. to waste your time. Like It's so incredibly awkward. And you're just like, hey, I'm working on this thing. I think it impacts you. I'm not really sure how. I'm using this word. I don't know what words you use. Can you try to meet me here and, and, and figure this out? Like that's incredibly awkward. And sometimes I feel like it, it it's more awkward than it's worth sometimes. But at the same time, it has to start somewhere sometimes. You know, sometimes you just have to be the one to say, Yeah, let's get through the awkwardness. We gotta talk about this. So mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that today to where like those relational meetings, sometimes they are less formatted, and especially when you don't even really know what you don't know. But I think you still need to have them. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And uh, they're always easier when you have some kind of an introduction where you can say, hey, yeah. I was talking to so-and-so, they worked with you before, they said you might be a good person to chat with about this. Um, but yeah, those cold calls where you just wind up. So so if you have something to give them, it's a little bit easier where you're saying, yeah. hey, I know about this, you're going to need to know because of these reasons. But when you're cold calling somebody because you need something from them, then mm -hmm. it's super awkward where you it's get like, on the call hey. and you say, <laughs> I really need your team to upend their goals and and do this other thing um please <laughs> yeah. yeah or like yeah. hey i've been working on this thing for three months and we just realized we impact your team we're not quite <laughs> sure how but we found out you touched this piece yep uh can do we you, talk about it yeah do you, do you need this api like it's it's actually yeah. it's gonna go away and uh yeah. and i wanted to talk to you about that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. gotta yeah, love those 100%. gotta love those
So I have oh, a different shoot. metric for when I shut them down. So okay. I cancel meetings when I'm in too many meetings about the same thing is when I start to push back where, and I like, and maybe I'm just thinking from recent history, but when you've got a handful of meetings and you look at the agendas and the agendas almost line up exactly, and it's the same people or similar group or similar bullet points or facts or whatever, then I think, how can we merge these two things together? Yep. And how can we get a meeting off the books? And I, I've always wondered if it stems from the no agenda, no attendee thing, where mm -hmm. people have learned if I don't have an agenda, then people just don't show up. But if you put an agenda in there, people come, and then you just get that reflex of put an agenda in, whether it really matters or not. And, yeah. Did you, know, you say actually achieve what things. you wanted to achieve? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I have a fun one right now. And I can't tell if it's my OCD, if it makes sense, if it's, if it's just me being stubborn. But I manage three different scrum teams right now. Um, but two teams have a commercial facing aspect to them. So I have two half hour calls, one for one team with commercial and one for the other team with commercial. Both these calls are me with the same audience, but for two different platforms. And so for me, I'm like, I want the clean line today. We were talking about this platform. Don't talk to me about the other thing. You know, that I manage. We're not talking about that today. Today. This is the focus. Okay, yep. if they're they're biweekly calls, so they're every two weeks, and they're on opposing week. The next week, okay, we're talking about the scope of this team, and every and like so. I've had the question like, "Hey, can we merge these?" I'm just like, I don't really want to. Yeah, <laughs> like for me, it's like these are two different contexts. These are two different things. I know I'm the same PM. I know you're the same audience, but I'm just like, I want these like separate. But yep. I know it's not the exact situation. But I think it's funny that that one came it's up. Pretty, it's pretty. It's pretty like, similar. It, yeah, where yeah. the people overlap. And yep. then the people say, the can we just people, talk about the, the same topics? topics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yep. from my sanity, no, I, 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 I'm usually one that can context switch, context switch pretty yeah. well. This is like a you move of like, no, this is what we're talking about. Today. We're not talking about anything else. It has to be segmented. This has to be segmented. But yeah, I've, I've tried to keep those two separate, but I might, I might yep. end up caving. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't have any examples quite that uh, orthogonal, I guess. Um, maybe that's the wrong word. Um, but I, I can think of recent meetings where the the ones that come to mind for me are the ones where you prep for the meeting with one individual and mm -hmm. so you know you've got a meeting to prep for the meeting and then the content winds up being basically the same you just add that one more important person in <laughs> and those are sometimes they are necessary where you've only got 30 minutes with a director or a vp or whatever and yep. you really need to get your messaging straight before you go into it yep. but other times you think, well, I've got a pretty good rapport with that person. Could we just you do this live? And it's it's always a a balance of how much you do live versus yep. how much you prep. I think you nailed it though too. Is there? It's it's who are you talking with, and what's your comfort level, or what's the uh, what's the form? So yeah, going into I had to send a letter, to, uh, an email to the leadership team, and I wrote it, and I had two peers proofread it before I hit enter on that stinking email. You know. Now the email to before the email to get all of our aligned on what happened and why it was a postmortem. Mm -hmm. um, man, that thing was sent out in five minutes to say, "Hey guys, do I got the details right?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so it's same thing for a meeting. That was an email context. But I think same thing for a meeting. Like, I don't want my engineers to feel like they had to walk into a meeting with me fully prepped with the full design. No, mm -hmm. I don't mind sitting into technical banter back and forth while they design it, while I'm on the call. When we're exploring, when we're talking about requirements, we're working through something for the first time, it's not like I expect them to 
only bug me with product things. Like, no, I enjoy hearing the technical solution. I think even as a good product manager, you should have at least have that box level understanding mm -hmm. of your system. If we're going to walk into a meeting with a partner that we don't have a relationship very well with, I 100% expect mm -hmm. that we've hashed out some of those beforehand and that we had even a five-minute pre-meeting of like, hey, who's on point? Who's talking to this? I don't want three different answers to this question. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I think it it depends. And then again, you, you mentioned like seniority director versus uh, peers. Um, I really enjoy when it's that team feel like I actually love it when we all get on calls and it is more free flowing and mm -hmm. no one feels like they can't answer a question or there isn't allowed to be a five minute rabbit trail to figure something out. I think those are the best meetings um, and and they don't need to be overly formalized, but in some circumstances they do. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, thoughts so you got async, we've covered async and synchronous, what you can do in Slack versus what you can't. Yeah, I think I think that's. I think that's all my thoughts. <laughs> I think yes or no, like and the whole async sync, like Slack is question answer, input output. Like that's the way I think Slack works best. A and maybe a little bit of, hey, what'd you think of this? A little bit of, hey, mm -hmm. take a look, can you review this? Give me your thoughts. But anytime you start getting into like discussion level in mm -hmm. Slack, that's where I think you, you gotta get out of this asynchronous and you gotta you gotta build this on top of And that yeah. that even I'm on the fence on where I think it depends on the person. It's like you yep. said earlier, like there are some people who articulate their thoughts far better in writing. And mm -hmm. I I can think of engineers where I'll get on a call with them and it's awkward and it's stunt, you know, it's staggered and you can't get any momentum or you can't get them to talk to you. Yep. But then you ask them a question in Slack and you get this very well thought out, yeah. articulated, you know, very clear answer. <sighs> um, and so I, I think of those people where sometimes that is better done async <laughs> and yeah, it is it's more effective to give them time to think. Um, I think that's and the biggest takeaway from today. Face to face, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I think that's the biggest takeaway from today. Is just I should have known going in that that's where we land, but it does. It, it is about people. It's not just mm -hmm. about what's more effective writing or meetings or synchronous or asynchronous. But it's just like different people communicate mm -hmm. in different ways. And when you're in that again, lessons from the middle. Um, when you're in that uh, this middle ground of like trying to lead people and steer teams. Um, you, you gotta be willing to meet people where they're at, whether that be a meeting or whether that be async. But mm -hmm. one thing I have like that I feel like is kind of the middle ground between async and sync though is like I like huddles. I love Slack huddles. Um because I feel like it's that middle ground. I didn't put 20 minutes on your calendar. I'm not asking you for a huddle every minute. I'm not trying to interrupt your day 20 times a day, but it's just like, hey, you got five minutes? Can we huddle? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, great. If not, no problem. We'll I'll set up a meeting, I'll schedule something on your calendar, or we'll get on the next one. But I feel like if you I end about something and you're starting to go down that rabbit hole, sometimes it's just like, hey, can you can you huddle right quick or not? Mm -hmm. So that the asynchronous meetings, um, mm -hmm. I've actually found a lot of value in. Then you're not glued to 15 minutes or a half hour. It can be a five minute conversation. It can be a 45 minute conversation. But it's just, what do you have time for? And can we work through this? So I think yeah. there's there's a middle level of async meetings when they work and then when they don't become uh, interrupting five times a day. Yeah, I haven't been in slack in a couple of years now and that but when i was the huddles had just been added and there was something just pleasantly informal about an audio only conversation that was yes. the tiniest bit on your screen and you could do yeah. other stuff you could stand up with your headphones on and pace around your office and it was just a really nice way to have a quick conversation about something without dominating somebody's calendar and making it a video yep. call and having to sit there and talk to people. So yeah, there's, there was something really nice about that. I don't have an equivalent now in my current role, 
but I sure wish I did sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I mean, it can get to the point though of where you're the the stereotypical product manager just dropping by the engineering desk five times a day, and they absolutely. <laughs> hey, do you have it. a second? And so you don't you don't want to do that. But I, I yeah. do think there's a place for that async verbal communication yep. that still works. So. Yeah. Anyways, we could. Speaking of ongoing meetings that don't know when to end, I, I think we were right. I think we've covered it. Um, I don't think we need to just you know fill in another 15 minutes of content just to say we made it to an hour. Um, we will try to put into some of our best practices from our from our learnings from meetings. Um, but no, I think it is about people. I think it is yep. about how do we most effectively communicate to people on your team. That's the best note to end this on. This has been All right. learnings from the middle. Thanks for listening.